Hard Podcast this week. It's truth time as Julian Barrett and Simon Farnaby drop by to talk about Mindhorn. Plus all the usual news and nonsense on the movie podcast that says... Enough of this running shit. Hello, Pod. I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to the Empire Podcast. Uh, this week, I'm joined by two colleagues of such lethal cunning and lethal running. First up is our Jurassic World star man who's had a leg from a few dinosaurs in his time. Don't look him in the eye. It's Nick Dissemblian. Hello. Hi, Chris. I looked you in the eye. Never looked me in the eye. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. Run, run from me. <laughs> run! How are you? Never run away from a T-Rex. <laughs> run away from uh, anything else. Really? Dinosaur-wise. Okay. Unless you're flats, of course, in which case you can run away from a T-Rex. That's been proven. That's science. Uh, next up, I'm very excited about this, is uh, we haven't had a newcomer to the booth for a long, long time. Uh, and we have a newcomer now, and I'm fascinated to find out her likes and dislikes over the coming weeks, just so I can sculpt her intros in the right manner. Um, her name is, am I pronouncing this right? Heather O'Hara. Heather Heather O'Hara. Hey! 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 To save us from our innuendo. From Camartage. I mean I mean I mean (laughs) Nepal. I wasn't at Camartage. I don't know why these with the ancient one. I don't know why where these rumors get started. That's that's outrageous. How was it? Um, Should we tell people what you were doing in case anyone's new to the podcast? Uh, um, yes, uh, I was uh, doing something called the Mustang Trail Race, which was about 100 miles of, uh, and about, I don't know, like 10 kilometers vertically up and down through the, the hills of the Mustang region of um, Nepal, um, which was fascinating. Absolutely amazing place. It was basically like traveling back in time to the medieval era and then climbing a shit ton of hills for no reason. Wow. Yeah, lots of goats, some lizards, some vultures. I saw some vultures eating a cow. Were they circling overhead? They were circling. (laughs) I I was half dead for most of the run, yes. I am a bit suspicious. I think Helen might have just been watching uh, Supernatural. (laughs) (laughs) I have video of the vultures. Mm -hmm. They don't Uh even look like Sam Ordine. Well, uh, that's that's, that's subject. You could have gone to the zoo. (laughs) That's true, but I did not. This is an amazing achievement. Uh, to yes. put it in some context, yeah. I ran here to the uh, the pod booth studio uh, from a top London hotel. Okay, it was about half a mile. Right, and I am soaked, and it's a lovely, <laughs> lovely, lovely sight and smell for you guys oh, right now. Is. I am soaked in sweat. You're um, doing a run at the end of this month, right? I am, but Nick, I don't want to talk about me. No, you do. Okay, so I'm doing a 10k. <laughs> what of it, guys? I mean, hey, everyone can do a 10k. But my God, you did a 10k every day. I did. I did about twice that most days. Yes, um, a little bit more some days. Um, I, I'll be honest. I like a lot of it. I just hiked because like hills are super hard. It turns out like I was not prepared for how many hills there were, and and genuinely in in Nepal people talk about the vertical height you travel, not the distance. Mm-hmm. So like I met this guy one day. I was I was huffing and puffing halfway up a hill, and this this really incredibly annoying person goes, "Still five hundred meters to go," and then said. You probably didn't want to know that, did you? Oh, I'm like, no, I didn't. And, and for a moment as I walked on, I thought, well, maybe he just meant 500 metres. Maybe he just meant I'm only half a kilometre from the top of the hill. Uh-huh. No, he did not. He meant I was half a vertical kilometre from the top of the oh, hill. Man. That's it was a, horrendous. It's impressive. I've oh, never God. climbed a mountain that didn't have a cafe at the top. <laughs> <laughs> and, and those are wise words. And that is a good plan to live by. Um, and and honestly, I was I was climbing goat trails and rabbit tracks and and then and then descending them which were like was scary also because there were loose rocks and drops you are nathan drake i am very much not that i mean i'll be honest listen let me be completely clear here i came second last in this thing there were people who were super fast and went much faster than me big up to Sylvain and stefano at the front or stefan stefan at the front big up they were incredible um i was not incredible i was extremely slow but i had an amazing time taking pictures and looking around yes did it i did you climbed everest no that's that's my understanding of what you did (laughs) there are other mountains in nepal really (laughs) yeah it turns out Big ones? Yeah, really big ones. Okay. I also went on a flight and I saw I saw Everest. You saw Everest? Yeah. You can go on a special yes. mountain flight and like look at the look at the eight thousand meter peaks and stuff. That's amazing. I've seen the movie Everest on a plane. There you, were, you go. So it's pretty much like that. You were on set of the movie I Everest. I was on the set. <laughs> on the set of Everest. This is wow. amazing. I saw Josh Brolin get fake snow. It was mashed they were using mashed potato as snow. Oh wow. That this is, is a big big segue weird, off yeah. of anything. <laughs> wow. A segue to a segue, but yeah. I'd also let's say I think it was actually in the end more the golden child than I was expecting. I did actually genuinely see a living goddess. 
I did get pooed on by a bird. Really? Yeah. A vulture going, come on, it, hurry up. No, it was, a, it, was a, it was a pigeon immediately before seeing the living goddess. Did you see a dancing Pepsi can? I did not. <laughs> but I did see one of those knives. Oh, really? Yeah. You know what? That's the same prop dagger, I believe, they used in Big Trouble in Little China. Is it? I, I did not know it's the same that. prop. Wow. This is now turning into, I don't know what, <laughs> yeah, this is the Golden it's, Child spoiler special. Well, we'll do that in another time. That sounds obviously. awesome. I would definitely uh, do that. It's very good to have you back, Heather. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Thank you, uh, it's Charles. An amazing, it's Hannah. Amazing, <laughs> it's an amazing achievement. Shut up, Niall. Um, it's an amazing achievement. And if you want to sponsor, you can still sponsor you. Yes. Uh, what's the... It's uh, virginmoneygiving.co.uk slash crazy mountain craziness. And it's going to the, the Helen O'Hara Fund. The NSPC. Yeah. Okay. So similar. Good, good, good. It's going to the Ubers you, the Uber fund that you got all those cars to drive you to the end of each stage. If there no? had been an Uber, if there was no internet, if there had been Uber, yeah. that would have been. I genuinely. Uh, before we get onto this week's question, we, we don't have a lot of time. We're we're in a new booth this week. I should say that because our old booth was dismantled this week because we're moving offices. R.I.P. So booth. We're in it. I know. I felt really sad about that grey, decrepit booth being dismantled by two burly blokes from Sheffield. But anyway, we don't have a lot of time. But I will say that I thought you were dead. Genuinely, <laughs> I was really worried about you because you had you, had, you were not responding to my texts, yeah. which is not unusual. Let's, let's face it. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> especially the special texts I send every now and again. Uh, but Nick responds to those instantly. It's so weird. Uh, the you were not on Twitter. No, you were not on the Instagrams. No, you were not on the Facebooks. There was nothing. You know, I, you disappeared off the grid for like five days, like Will Smith in Enemy of the State. I was really worried about <laughs> you. So, but you know, I'm glad to see that you're you're you know you're okay. I was basically in medieval times, and it was amazing. <laughs> awesome. All right, we do have a question. Oh, and the question is related to running. It's from uh, Niall McCracken, uh, Niall underscore the detail on Twitter, and he says, "Running the Belfast Marathon on Monday." Sorry, sorry, I'll do it proper. Running the Belfast Marathon on Monday. So, what about? A running-themed question. Best ever running scene in a movie, says <laughs> Niall McCracken. Uncanny impression of Niall, I have to say. Um, I held this one for you specifically oh, because Niall you. has already run the Belfast Marathon, as of course you know. Well done, Niall. Yes. Well done, Niall. In fact, Niall, right now, let us know, uh, A, how appalled you were by my Belfast I'm going to guess pretty appalled. Oh, yeah, on, spot on. It's spot on. Yeah. I haven't been home for a while, so it may be a little rusty. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay. So running um, scenes. There, running there scenes. are many. There so are many. many. Can so anything many. beat the happening where they literally <laughs> run from the wind? Can anything beat that? They don't happening? run like the wind. They run from the wind, and yeah. I think they succeed. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on the phrase. Can anything beat the happening? <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Yes. Can, anything can beat the happening. I, I'm not so sure it can. I've, I've put it into my objective filmometer, and it, it's come out as the best film. So there you go. Wow. Well, I stand corrected. You got to admire it. You got to admire. admire. M. Night Shyamalan for, for staging an action sequence where they run across a field from some wind. I don't know, there's a certain amount of self-belief there, mm. maybe deluded in that case, but it's a bold... It is It is certainly a, a move, yes, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm not sure it would be my top running scene. What? Well, you know... What's your top one? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, we, we've got to mention Chariot to Fire because there is no running without Chariot to Fire. Yes, yeah. just the rules. It's so dull. Yeah, it is kind of dull, it's but dull it looks film. amazing. You know, so yeah. pretty and such. The British are coming in a communist slow motion <laughs> to Fangelis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. How about Race? Um, what was it last year? The Jesse Owens film? Yeah, directed great. by Stephen Hopkins. Yeah, great, great running scenes in that. Proper, good running form. I was impressed by the sprinting there. It was yeah. excellent. Okay. I like that a lot. That's not bad. You can't you can't not mention great foot chases. Yay. Point, point break. Bri- point point blank, I was gonna say, but, but point break, yeah, point break. Point so break, yeah. Lee Marvin Is runs. I don't think <laughs> no, running he, was in his skill set. No, he would no. not. Well no. he's Walker, so why would he run? Hey. Then he'd be called runner. Oh. Uh, oh. There you go. Zing. Hammering the Empire Podcast, hammering jokes into the ground. This is why we didn't win the listeners' choice category at the British Podcast Awards. We didn't even come in the top three. You know, let's, I'm let's, not. Let's let I'm not up. saying that I'm angry. Let it go, Chris. I'm not. <sighs> no, Point Break has a great foot chase. You know what else has a great foot chase? Baby Driver. We watched Baby Driver recently. There's a, uh, there's a good chase in Hot Fuzz well, as well. Uh, yeah, Edgar Wright has form with good foot chases. There's a good chases. chase in a most violent year. Uh, and that's a pretty good chase because that's one of the uh, few foot chases I've seen on movies where people actually get tired. Get stitches. Yeah. <laughs> and it, you know, it's going through the subway station and yeah. they're kind of, they have to stop and get a their breath bit. back a bit. Yeah. Yeah. 
and uh, it's, it's actually quite realistic. It reminded me of the rigors I went through when I ran from a top London hotel to this pod booth <laughs> not more than 15 minutes ago. It was, That's amazing. It was quite something. Um, we have to talk about Quicksilver and Days of Future Past, don't we? Not a well, apocalypse, but yeah, Days okay. of Future Past. Days of Future Past, yes, that's true. That's a great running scene. I worry about his form, though. He's got to be doing his, you know, his muscles some damage there. Come on. Has he warmed up? You know, do we know? <laughs> that, that's the only way to get in, in, you know, incapacitate him, isn't it? You know, just pull a hammy. Seriously, you've got to watch out for these things, you know. Yeah. How are his, yeah. hip, his hip flexors? We don't know. I don't even know what they are. Well, <laughs> you will soon if you keep running. It'll be fine. Really? Yeah. Okay. Got to do yeah. those stretches, man. Lunges. Some anyway. Ex lunges. <laughs> um, there's only one film, I believe, that has the word run twice in the title. So we've got to give a shout out to Run, Lola, Run. How about run, Fat Boy? Run, Fat Boy, Run. run. Fat Boy, Run. Yeah. The two of them. Yeah. Mm. And that's got Fat Boy in the title as well. So I think that <laughs> elevates that one. And that's again, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting one because that's, uh, Helen, you've done a marathon. Bloody hell, stop I've done running. Four. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really? And you're signing up next year for the London Marathon? Uh, well, I've just signed up for the ballot. We'll see if I get in. I okay. Know. I thought about entering that, but that's insanity, isn't it? I mean, nah, it's just... do it. It's fun. It's brilliant. It's genuinely one of the best marathons it's in the world. 26.2 miles. Yeah. But it's only 42.2 kilometers. Ooh. Well, that sounds good. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Um, yeah, run, fight, run, because again, uh, the pegster hits a, hits a wall, a literal and metaphorical wall uh, during during that, which David Schwimmer brilliantly visualizes in his inimitable style. Always forget David Schwimmer directed that. I imagine he's forgotten as well. But oh. yeah, he is a very lovely man. Mm, he yeah. is. Yeah. 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 Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think, you know, you could pretty much say Raiders of the Lost Ark for any question about best anything in any film. It's usually right. Yeah, um, yeah just that opening sequence where Indy gets like a full kind of cardiovascular workout. Mm. He's, lift, he's lifting things <laughs> and then he does a short distance sprint from the boulder yeah. and then he does a long distance um, across with being chased That's by true, he does. He's got dudes. an interesting run, Indiana Jones, doesn't he? He's sort of like the arms are kind of up and out to the side. <laughs> he runs you know? like Phoebe and Friends. <laughs> he does and he sometimes holding onto his bit. hat. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a slightly chaotic run. It's panicky. Yeah. Which, is, which works. He's a proper runner, Harrison Ford. I wonder if we totted together the miles put in by major stars over the years in movies. He'd definitely be at the top. Tom Cruise. I, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. I was about to talk about Tom Cruise. Yeah. There's a montage Tom on Cruise. YouTube of Tom Cruise running in all his films. He does yeah. run. He's he, got a very powerful run. He, has a, he? he is committed to his run. I think, is it, is it Mission Impossible 3? Mm. The climax is him running? It's yeah. him running across the rooftops in Shanghai, yeah. which he does for real because he's Tom Cruise. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't even enter into his head. He, he runs away from explosions. You know, he's just, yeah. he runs, man. He is a proper runner. And he's even, we've even seen shots of him running on the set of Mission Impossible 6. You know, well, at his spoiler. age. Spoiler. I know. He shouldn't be Ethan Hunt. should be Ethan Runt. No way, hang on. That's a, that's a <laughs> no, guy on Twitter. That's, that's, that's a, wrong. Oh, no, that's, oh, oh, no, this is, this is not good. Uh, but yes, definitely Tom Cruise. Number one. In yeah. with a bullet. Well done. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, that answers that. We've um, got, we got to give a shout out for Forrest Gump. Yes, we do. No, we don't. No, we do. No, we don't. He ran across do. America several times. But for no reason. He, he wasn't even trying to raise money for Who needs a reason? Running is the reason in itself. <laughs> oh, I'm not so sure about that. You're not a um, fan? Bruce no. Dern is a major runner, like in real life. Yeah, he is, yeah. He's a huge runner. He runs yeah. like at least 500 miles a year. I'm a big fan of uh, forlorn running in the movies, people running knowing that they're either going to get shot or that they're, you know, it's a futile gesture and they're, you know, there's a there's an underlying sadness to it. I won't give away too <laughs> like much. Like my running. <laughs> like, like Helen's running. But in the, in the end, Helen, when you think about it, isn't all running a futile gesture? And in the end, won't death get all of us? So what's the fucking point? Thanks, um, Chris. But uh, Warren Beatty at the end of the parallax view, that's a, that's a good, you know, Last that sad, sad jogging. Burst. Sad jogging? <laughs> sad genre? <laughs> I want to watch a, sad, a movie involving sad jogging. Sad jogging, that'd be great. And I love, there's a great 400 joke. blows, 400 blows. 400 blows. Let's yeah. get out healthy. Um, yeah, I know Phil, Phil would be Phil's definitely talking about he that. He would be, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the famous last scene and the very famous last shot, the freeze frame, the young boy running across the, along the beach yeah. away from... Which I once reenacted at Cannes Film Festival for a video blog <laughs> Yes, It was did. poignant and moving, I think, the critics... Uh, <laughs> And then last but not least, I'm going to give a shout out to a film that probably no one's expecting me to give a shout out to, but The Inbetweeners 2, which has a great, <laughs> <laughs> which has a, it just popped into my head, which has a great joke where Blake Harrison, uh, they're in the desert and they think they're about to die and he's, 
he sees an oasis and he runs off towards the uh, towards this mirage and uh, he um, and the camera holds on him for the longest time as he staggers off in the distance it's really really funny mm. so there you go couple, right. couple more couple oh, more, couple more, couple okay. more. Okay. we, have, we have to mention Arnie running from a nuke in Predator and yes. Robert Patrick <laughs> Robert Patrick probably my favourite ever movie <gasps> yes. run yes Robert Patrick in Terminator 2 yeah uh, he based his his run on a on a Porsche car I think that's a silly thing to do we took a while but we got there in the end that is the correct there answer we go. there we there go. go Robert Patrick we salute you who'd win Tom Cruise or the, or the T-1000 I used to imitate the T-1000 when I was running at school in like events he and stuff ha- he gets his arms he up gets really, his arms really I thought high. it's a good aerodynamism He's, he's trying to run like a robot. It's something Catherine Waterston talks about in the current issue of Empire in the Alien what? Covenant feature about um, Michael Fassbender running like a robot. And, and I think that Robert Patrick also runs like a robot for obvious reasons in both cases. <laughs> they're both playing robots. Hey, that helps. That helps. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. So there's that. That's the question uh, answered to Niall's satisfaction and if you want to have your question read out in the Empire podcast then uh, but I won't always imitate the accent of the person who's doing it that's just it's just me and Niall go way back way back uh, so uh, if you want to have your question read out in the Empire podcast do send it in to us via Twitter at Empire Magazine use the hashtag Empire podcast as Niall did that's how we saw it uh, you can use Facebook as well we're, we're Empire Magazine and you can email us podcast at empireonline.com right uh, last week we spent about an hour talking about movie news because there was a lot of movie news. This week there is no movie news as far as I can see. Uh, or is there? Oh, Am there, I wrong? Oh, there's movie news. Oh, there's movie news. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> there was a, 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 two, a double bill of great bits of news yesterday that came in quite late. So Jeff Goldblum and Danny DeVito are doing a, On sit- board. a sitcom together. <laughs> okay. Which sounds amazing. They're doing this for Amazon Studios. And the idea is they used to be a musical duo, duo uh-huh. who now hate each other and are forced uh-huh. to get back together. And can like I repeat, still on board. It's Jeff Goldblum and Danny DeVito. And now, here's my question: How do you get them both in the same frame? <laughs> I tweeted a, the premiere uh, magazine cover of, of Twins um, from back in the day this week, and it's amazing. It has, it's Schwarzenegger fully in the frame, and you just get the top of DeVito's head. So maybe it'll be like so that. maybe like that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But that's just come on. I want to. I want to. Oh yeah, it. like I, I I could not be more signed up. That's that's wonderful news. Yeah, uh, I imagine DeVito will stand on Jeff Goldblum's shoulders. Ah, That's standing on guess. the shoulders of giants. That is my guess. That's, uh, chaos fury. <laughs> ah, um, and then the other the other bit is Brian De Palma is is back with another film, and he, it will star Christina Hendricks. Yes, and Nikolai Costa Waldau. Is that correct? That's why I didn't say the name. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, it's exciting. So it, yeah, this is called you know. Domino, but it's not to be confused with Domino. Am my I correct? It's Domino Harvey. I'm a bounty hunter. I'm a bounty hunter. Domino Harvey. Domino Harvey. Uh, no. Okay. Hopefully Different not. Domino. Different Domino. Uh, let, let it fall where it may. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are excited about this, uh, ignoring Brenda Palmer's last several films. Uh, this is very exciting news. Passion was very bad. <laughs> Let's not beat around the bush. I, I love Redacted Palmer. Redacted was even worse. The Black Dahlia, not great. At least oh. said about Fan Fatale, the better. Uh, Mission to Mars, nope. His last good film, and I'm using air quotes here, was Snake Eyes. But he is an amazing director and a legend. So we wish him all the best. Well done, Brian De Palma. Yeah. And this, to be clear, is a European thriller. Uh, Costa Waldau plays a... Copenhagen police officer who's looking for uh, justice after his partner is murdered by a mysterious criminal mm-hmm. and his colleague's mistress is Christina Hendricks and they team mm-hmm. up to try and find the man responsible. Exciting. I'm excited. There was that great um, documentary that came out last year called De Palma which um, kind of made it seem at the end like it might he might almost be retiring. It kind of had him walking off down a street and so I'm, I'm glad he's back after quite a long that's, way. That's what you do when you retire. You just... <laughs> you just <laughs> He fade into the distance. Yeah, he just walked down the street, got a, got a cornetto and came back again. Yeah. I didn't walk down the street today. I ran down the street. No plans to retire here. Uh, okay, <laughs> okay, so we um, were saying some good news that the writer's strike has been averted. That was That, was that great. is great news, yeah. Uh, we talked about that last week. Uh, and uh, it, it could have been catastrophic. People might have been saying sentences and then stopping <laughs> in major movies. That's true. You know, I mean, last time it meant that we got some some great TV shows were sort of curtailed halfway yeah. through. It really derailed some sort of ongoing narratives. Um, it really, really messed up some major blockbusters, it which really did. We probably shouldn't name God, and shame too much. What was that? God, 
I think he's saying quantum of solace. I, I, I don't know what he means. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, thankfully, we will able to be uh, to go on. And also, the writers are getting what sounds like a, a fair deal that a they're happy deal. with. So, hey, hooray for them. Yeah, all the writers are following. Strong and Facebook. stable deal. Seem happy with this? So no, no. <laughs> A strong and stable deal. And it's, it's great news because uh, now the writers can work as films go into production. Uh, they can get the scripts just so, as we know Hollywood likes to do. <laughs> I mean, just imagine a world where a Transformers movie made no sense. I mean, you, we no, might have had just, that. Come, come now, Chris. We might have come had now. that. And luckily, phew, bullet <laughs> dodged. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else? A uh, couple of little things. Uh, Bad Moms Christmas is now the sequel to <laughs> Bad Moms. Is it got a colon? I don't know. I don't want to know. But the good news, and this is good news, I think, is that they've cast some ladies as the bad mother's mothers. Well, this is important. And this is important because the three <laughs> ladies concerned are Susan Sarandon, Christine Baranski, and Cheryl Hines, all of whom oh, okay. can be hilarious in the right role. Who's Cheryl so, Hines playing the mother of? Cheryl She's... Hines will be uh, Kristen Bell's mother. This is... Yeah, uh... with Baranski as Kunis's mother... And uh, Catherine Hans' mother will then will be Susan Sarandon. Big news for the bad mums of us. It is big, the, big the, the news B, for the bad mums of us. BMCU. And it also it's good news because we were hearing about a bad dads follow up instead oh of a bad goodness. moms follow up, which mm. seemed weird given that it was a female led hit. So what you turn around and immediately make it a f- male led sequel? That's bizarre. Yeah. Um, it's the it's the bad cinematic universe. It's the bad cinematic. Yeah. Well, no, come yeah. on. It wasn't that bad of first film. So we, we let's hope for the best. I mean, what, yeah. Why why is there was it a huge hit? Why are we it was a huge hit for really? for a, on a very small this, budget. This passed yeah. me by. Yeah. Speaking of huge hits and a very small budget, uh, Jordan Peele's Get Out did pretty well, and uh, he has just signed a deal to make several more movies uh, with Universal and possibly, um, in fact, yes, and Blumhouse as well, uh, who financed Get Out. Good, um, good. Uh, which is great because Get Out is thus far my film of the year. Uh, I'm very, very excited about it. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, can I have some Hamilton news for yes, a second? Yes, please. Uh, That's Anth- you. You haven't been here for, what, five weeks? I know. It's been a long time. Um, Anthony Ramos, who played uh, two roles in the musical, as, as many people did, just has just say. landed two roles um, in films uh, as a result. So he'll be playing uh, a role in A Star is Born. This is obviously the remake of 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 the... This is Lady Gaga and Bradley yeah. Cooper. Bradley Still Cooper, I can't believe yeah. this is a real film, but it is. Bradley yeah. Cooper directing. Yeah. Yeah. And Ramos will be playing Ramon, who's the best friend to Lady Gaga's character. So he's another young, struggling artist. He's a dancer in this case, I believe. Mm. Um, and he will also be playing in Godzilla, King of the Monsters. So uh, he's in that with Vera Farmiga, Kyle Chandler, Millie Bobby Brown, Aisha Hines, O'Shea Jackson Jr. and Ken Watanabe. So we don't know much about that but he so will that be apparently be, yeah Godzilla King of the Monsters could be a musical <laughs> let's hope that would be amazing he'll be playing Corporal Mendoza so chances of getting to the end of the film I would say 50-50 at best bless him but then that also kind of chimes with his Hamilton work oh oh spoiler I haven't, I haven't seen it yet Helen. I haven't seen it yet Helen it's history, history yeah. dude. Don't spoil history. Sorry, what is it? Okay, and I've got just a couple of last bits and pieces. So Warner Brothers have announced some release date changes. You know I love my release date changes. Oh, brilliant. Uh, so they've moved Godzilla versus Kong up a week from May 29th to May 22nd, 2020. Um, I will be doing Pilates that day. Uh, uh, the way I'm going. The, You're doing uh, Pilates, though. That's I, cool. I, I think I might get into it. It's great. It looks pretty good. Good for yeah. your core. Yeah. Uh, uh, so they've created a writer's room which I'm I always a little bit antsy about the writer's room yes it gives writers some work but I do feel it leads to cookie cutter scripts and it works on TV shows don't get me wrong but um, it does it does worry me for these big franchise movies so it's going to include some good people though uh, Terry Rossio Patrick McKay J.D. Payne Lindsay Beer uh, Kat Fasco and uh, J. Michael Straczynski who is, is very very good as well yes. um, Babylon 5 is a big pile of shit you're a big part of the shit. Get out. Um, <laughs> That's not the response. They've <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, moved. Uh, and this is a film I didn't even know was happening because uh, uh, obviously we've covered it on the Empire podcast. Uh, Tag, which is a comedy starring Jeremy Renner, Hannibal Buress, and Tracy Morgan and Ann Helms. And it's coming out on June 29th, 2018. And I'm 
I'm not surprised this movie's being made. It's based on a real-life story of a group of friends who've been playing a game of tag for the last 30 years. Uh, oh, you, yes, read about, I read about this. Yeah. It's none more cinematic. That's an amazing idea. I remember reading about this and thinking this is going to be a movie within about two or three years. So it's a group of friends, and they've literally been playing tag for, for 30 years. And what they do is they have a two-week period, I believe, every year where the game activates. And they now live in different parts of the U.S., and they fly in to try and tag each other and people will hide inside like laundry baskets and the trunk of people's cars and then leap out and tag and then run away and then you know someone will be it for a year which is obviously a horrible prospect. <laughs> they could have called it it but that was already taken <laughs> um, I don't know is hiding like a, a sort of inherently cinematic I think it could be, like be a lot of Jeremy Renner just sort of hiding under a table <laughs> for extended set pieces. So, like the Born Legacy, then. Oh, oh, oh snap! Oh. Maybe he'll hide behind a wolf um, in this, but yeah. And can we mention the Dark Tower trailer? We yeah, can. we, we should. Can. We should mention the Dark Tower trailer, which has been long awaited because this film is coming out in August and it's now May. And yeah. So it's, it's quite late. But was it worth the wait? Well, I have to say the casting of uh, Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey looks great. I'm very, very happy about both of those pieces. Um, maybe slightly more teenage boy than I was maybe expecting. Maybe slightly more of a Narnia feel than I maybe <laughs> anticipated. It is a bit, a little bit Narnery, though. Yeah, I know. I guess that's true. I'll be honest. I haven't finished reading the books for some reason. I've always gotten slightly bogged down in these books and kind in of given up. The first one in particular. See, that's the interesting <sighs> thing about the this. First and a half, I think. Yeah, the, the, the kicks in from the second one. As I said in Twitter yesterday, the first book, The Gunslinger. I love Stephen King. I love his work. I love the dark, the Dark Tower. Mm. But the first one is very much the first season of Parks and Recreation. You don't really need to read it. Okay. It's a bit slow and a bit yeah. weird. And everybody haven't figured out the characters yet and I mean, Andy yeah. was a dick instead he of being a lovable... He wrote it when he was 19. He's love. trying to be a little pretentious and it doesn't quite work. Okay. But it gets um, really good. I read, okay. them all, I read them all last year and it took a year. So that's why you didn't see me last year. But... Um, <laughs> It's great. It gets very, very good. All right, I'll and give then it gets another bad, go. And then gets good again. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, there's, 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 it's, it's, they're crazy, and they get very meta. And Stephen I've King heard, I've heard up. about that. Yeah. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how weird the tra- the, the movie gets. Okay. Movies. That's if we get more movies. But yeah, we should, I, we hope, I hope we do. Uh, my yeah. only thought is it does look good. It looks slick. There's lots of good stuff in it. It maybe looks a little bit formulaic from the trailer, but hopefully that's just. Hopefully the way that's the just the way you, you sell I, it. Yeah. I hope it. I hope they go into some weird territory. Hey, speaking of Stephen King, you know that they're remaking Firestarter with uh, your favourite Chris Akiva Goldsman yeah. aboard to direct. I'm, I'm aware of that. Chris is starting a fire right now in protest. <laughs> Well, so that's enough about that. Time now for this week's guests. Julian Barrett and Simon Farnaby met when they worked together on The Mighty Bush a few years ago. They hit it off instantly and they decided to write a movie about an actor once famous for playing a TV cop who was given a second shot at the limelight when a serial killer demands that the TV cop be brought onto his case. The actor's Richard Thorncroft, the TV cop is Mindhorn. Uh, so it's the film. And the duo came into our old pod booth at our offices this week. Oh, fer- This is the very last thing that happened. It in was the being pod dismantled booth. during the interview. A burly man came up to me afterwards. <laughs> And because uh, he was trying to get into the interview while it was happening, because uh, we hadn't been told it was being dismantled, and then I I saw Julian and Simon at the building, and he came up to me afterwards and just came right up to my face, went, "Are you done?" I went, "Yes, I'm done." Maybe he just really wanted to hear the interview. It's like, <laughs> just he's a massive fan he had of the a screwdriver. It was very 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 tough times. All right, here we go. This is uh, Julian Barrett and Simon Farnaby talking about Mindhorn and all other sorts of stuff as well. Enjoy. Uh, we're delighted to be joined on the Emperor Podcast by Julian Barrett and Simon Farnaby, creators and stars of Mindhorn. How are you? Hello. Uh, I'm well. I don't want to speak for you, Simon. Um, I'm good. I'm, I'm okay too. Thank you. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Good. Okay? Yeah, really good. Okay. You sure about that? Uh, yeah, no. I, I don't yeah. want to interrogate you Paxman style, but are you okay? <laughs> this is the hardest question I've ever had. Um, <laughs> yes. All right, good, 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 good. Uh, you guys must be excited. This is it, the the, the big week. This, this is, is the week. It is yeah. finally being unveiled. It. It's finally happening. This is a... Yeah. Truth time. It's truth time. <laughs> the crunch. Uh, George Lucas, uh, he took a holiday when Star Wars came out. He went to the beach because he didn't want to know what people were thinking about his movie or whether people were seeing his movie. No. Do you have any plans? Are you going to go to Wakefield? Where are you going to go? You're going to go to the beach, or you're going to go into mm. the cinema to see how people are watching mm. the movies. I think we're contractually obliged to be. Uh, we're not contractually obliged, but we're at screening, <laughs> aren't we? We're at Loco. Well, when it comes out, festival. but then a- maybe after that, is that when George Lucas went away? Yeah, did he go away, away for yeah. the, the 
the actual day yeah. it was out. George Lucas, he did a Q&A at Loco, and then... And, and then, then he went, he went on holiday. And he went away with uh, Steven yeah, Spielberg. and he was sort so. of wondering why he was in a comedy film festival <laughs> when they just made, yeah. you know... This is when they came up with the idea of doing Indiana Jones. That's right. Mm. On the beach. On the beach. In Hawaii, I believe. Right. Yeah, yeah. So no so plans... So it is worth taking on Hawaii and the sequel plans. Sounds like yeah. sounds like a good little uh, something we could do, or come up with a completely different character like uh, Indiana Jones, and then you have two franchises on the go: Mindhorn and spinning franchise mm. plates. Yeah, that'd be interesting, but no plans um, um, to go away after. Well, yeah, no, actually, I'm going to go to the lakes the week after. <laughs> the <laughs> week after, okay. Mm. But we'll probably know by then the sort of hullabaloo mm. whether people have gone to the cinema or whether they've stayed at home. Mm. But you guys have done a, a series of, of Q&As uh, regionally. You've been around the country, uh, and uh, all of which have done really, really well. So you, you know that people are, are locking into this movie and are, are connecting true. with it. yes. We have enough um, evidence that <laughs> people are generally enjoying it. <laughs> yes, I mean, the people who, came to, people who came to these screenings enjoyed it. Uh, they enjoyed is it. That, uh, is that all there is, is the, is the worry? Did all the people who, who ever, ever see, see it, it just come just to come those screenings? And then there's just a massive <laughs> drop-off. Um, but, yeah. um, you know, we don't know. Who knows? Nobody who knows, knows that. Who I, knows? Uh, yeah, um, I remember when we did the Boosh first, the uh, Mighty Boosh, we went on tour, and we didn't really know what was going to happen. And uh, just loads of people came out of the woodwork. So, But we had no way of knowing at the time. No. That, uh, from the TV show, because you don't get any mm. sort of response, obviously, and you don't know, you know, some viewing figures, but... There was actually quite a lot of people kind of came out of the cracks mm. to to see it, and uh, so when when do you know when do you know you've crossed over and, and uh, entered the consciousness, so to speak? Well, I suppose when people quote stuff to you, or when people come up to you, or when people who aren't necessarily your generation or your group uh, or your tribe <laughs> uh, come up to you and uh, and say stuff to you, um, mm. you know, like, get out of my garden. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they come up to you and say something that you think, well, that's interesting that they would know. That. Maybe that yeah. means you've sort of infected the Crossed public over. consciousness. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What's the what's the yeah. protocol? Is that something that's happened to you as well, Simon? With uh, horrible histories and, and Yonderland, people come up to you and, and quote stuff back. Yeah, yeah. As well. I mean, most you know, all children. If you're in a place where there's sort of say a bunch of ten-year-olds, like a shop, service stations are quite. I can't go into any service stations. I don't know why it's service stations. Mm. It's your target market. It, it really is, yeah, <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it is, like people in Volvos and they've got two kids and they come out. Mm. I don't know what you mean, actually. There is something about that. Yes, um, there is. I think it's because people stations. are crossing. It's the idea of coincidences even more in the air. Like, yeah, like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting some petrol I live here. for my car and then some <laughs> magazines yeah. and buying Empire. I, I always think a Empire. service station would be a, a good place to have a gig. I don't know why they don't yeah. have gigs there. I know people are always on their way, but they could stop off. You could see, you know, you could aim to get to a certain service station for a certain time to see yeah. Coldplay, for yeah. instance. Or, mm. you know, or you could have a gig in a service station. Don't you think that would be uh, transformative? Um, it would certainly be interesting. I'm not sure how the bar would do, you know what I mean? Yeah. The bar. Well, no, it'd be a non-bar venue, so no smoking, no bar, no. It'd just be like no. a place to see music live. In the yeah. car park or next to in a what? KFC or... Yeah. McDonald's. Between KFC and Burger King. That'd be interesting. But it was in a WH Smith once at service station. This guy went, oh, my, my boy wants you to um, to do the dance, to do the stupid deaf dance. And I went, oh, yeah, I don't know if I can do... Mm. It's quite an energetic dance, but I'll have a photo. And I went, nah, 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 listen, mate, he wants to dance. And I went, yeah. It's slightly... Uh, I'm sort of not really in character and I really need my makeup on. He went, do the dance for the boy. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. And I looked over and this kid was sort of started weeping. And I was going, what's going on? So I did a really me. I just went, stupid. Did a little version for it. That sort of thing that happened. And did it, did it mollify the kid? Did, he, did the tears stop? He didn't was seem he... to bother, but the dad seemed to not want to kill me anymore. <laughs> I did get rid of the imminent danger. <laughs> Julian, you've never been forced to perform Bush at knife, knife point, have you? <laughs> or anything like um, that? People do get quite sort of... Um, <clears throat> um, what's the word proprietorial or something over you, you, you know you making you do something or thinking that you would want you to you want to do you'd want to bit. do can you do that thing you can you say that thing and i'm just going to film it <laughs> for my wife who can't be here but can you can you film can you just do a little bit from the show and i'll i'll film it okay yeah, go yeah. You go now 
mm-hmm. and you, you sometimes they don't, they're just there filming you and you and you either go on camera I don't want to do this and, and then they go oh so you're not you're a bit weird in real life <laughs> yeah I am weird yeah yeah you found out mm. All right. and then or you uh, or you just do it and suck it up and do a funny yeah, little it's dance easier, yeah. it's easier to do that but it's a, it's a kind of champagne problem yeah champagne problem yeah of course yeah, of course it's, yeah. no, it's but no. uh but still, no. I mean, it's a, it's a, it is an interesting conundrum to uh, to uh, to address every. I can imagine that happens every week, every day. Something when you're like doing that. something like a yeah. tour, yes, yeah, yeah. But then you're in, you signed up for it. Then, yeah. And when you're out in Tesco's with your kids, you don't necessarily want to do that. But do you ever when, find that you forget things that people say, "Do that bit" or "Do that bit," and then you just you can't remember it? Yes, I've deleted it most of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a one-off it happened one time it was improvised I do not know what I'm yeah. saying uh, but that, let's talk about uh, Mindhorn which is this This film's been in your head in various forms now for a long time mm. about seven, eight years or is it is it longer than that? Uh, something like that, that. yes like that. Yeah. Um, from the conception um, to the birth mm. yes yeah. um, and it was a sexual process, <laughs> um, but we sort of um, um, we had the love, the joint love of that genre, that era of TV, a nostalgic sort of love of that. Growing up on myself, Six Million Dollar Man was my favourite, and Simon's was, I like um, Bergerac. Like Bergerac, um, it's sort of less. It's a bit weird to be a kid like like Bergerac. Well, I mean, Six Million Dollar Man had an exciting. Premise, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Bergerac's Bergerac a bit later a on. Also, you're a bit younger than me, so maybe Bergerac hit you at the same time as Six Million Dollar Man hit me. Yeah, probably actually. You know what I mean, so uh, that that crucial moment of uh, mm. you know growth where your brain's developing. Mm. So um, you know, my brain you know took on the Six Million Dollar Man, and yours took on the, the beige <laughs> leather of Bergerac. And with a drink problem and a dodgy <laughs> leg, and an interest in <laughs> golf and yachts and. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Lee Majors, John um, Nettles. I mean, they're 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 both really chunky, yeah. they're chunky, yeah. robust, yeah. handsome yeah. men. Yeah, and I think it's about the actors who who played them as well. Because we looked a bit at um, the professionals, and you know, the professionals. Yeah, and they yeah. sort of went their sort of very different way. Like Lewis Collins ended up sort of selling computer components in in LA, and mm. he really loved the show. And you know, professionals wanted to sort of yeah have a have a reunion and go back to it and. Martin Shaw sort of distanced himself from it. So it's sort of the relationship that you have between the, we're interested the in. show yeah, that yeah, you yeah. were a part of, and especially if it's a heroic show and it's a show about a real man and a, a real hero, and and how as you age and you know your warts and foibles become evident, and this mm. image of you stays exactly the same, like Dorian Gray, basically. It's sort yeah, of, of course. Uh, mm. sort of slightly frightening, and the reality for all actors, of course, we're mm. all going through. Mm. As our image remains pristine, but our selves crumble and wrinkled. And die. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Do you not have a CG man? I have a CG man who just keeps me looking young. Yeah, I've been looking this way for the last yeah. twenty years. I'm actually seventy-five years old. Um, but uh, so the, you could have gone anywhere with this this idea that this of, uh, of I think mind. You find there's only one way to go with this <laughs> idea, but um, only one storyline. <laughs> we we did uh, the the idea of a phone call. Do you mean you mean the premise? Of the premise, the because idea. The, the the idea of Mindhorn himself, which who if people don't know, is a TV detective who has a an eye that can tell that can that can tell whether people are telling the they truth. They can tell the time. They can tell the time and tell the truth. I make tea and also. Yeah, but an eye that can tell the time. <laughs> it's seven o'clock. Five past two. See. <laughs> but it's not much better than that. Is the premise of Mindhorn the show itself? But yeah. Our film is is a different matter. Our film is a. It's about a man, about an actor who, who mm. used to play the detective. So that's the the thing. We we, we kind of um, we imagined if if there was a crime on the Isle of Ma- uh, on Jersey, and they wanted to find this suspect, and they called Jersey police and said, you know, can I I'll, own, I'll turn myself in? The suspect would say, I'd turn myself in if I could speak to Bergerac. Would they get John Nettles to take the call? Mm. Um, would they get him over to the island? Is that was the sort of idea that we thought this is great? Yeah, this and could what actually... if John Nettles needed a career boost? And yeah, he found got his old jacket and yeah. got, found his Jaguar and drove around and, made and tried a song to capitalize <laughs> capitalize on on this rather sad tale. So that was mm. the sort of despicable engine that was going to power this this man who was 
a sort of narcissist and a, and a and a sad and a sad bloke as well. Not not a million miles away from, you know, you're only a few bad decisions away from being Richard Tom Croft, really, I think, as an actor. So mm. it's just a sort of um, giving him giving him a little bit of heart, but you sort of see the sadness of the man. But he's he's basically quite venal and he's trying to get his career back online and find his past and address past mistakes and track down mm. his the love that he left behind and yeah. all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's a rich stew of 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 emotional. Yeah, uh, ballast or something. So you can really power a narrative. That's what we felt when we came up with the idea. Yeah, it wasn't like we just we wanted to just do some um, funny uh, parodies of stuff. We knew that yeah. there was a kind of uh, an emotional journey in there if we could sort of tease it out. So that it took us a while to do that. Absolutely, that's that's the thing. The 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 crime plot of this movie actually works, and there's a thriller component to it, which which works alongside the comedy. Yes, it's and a comedy. It's a comedy thriller, which is partly why it took so long to get it made. Yeah, was. As soon as you have a gun and a someone running and a car chase, mm. um, y- you've got a big budget. You can't do that without uh, spending yeah. a lot of money. But also, um, we were trying to make it believable enough, anyway, to because the show mm. itself, mind on the TV show made in the eighties, was was terrible and didn't look good and everything. But we had to have a reality that that was coming up against. If you know what I mean, so mm-hmm. we had to sort of create a a sort of believable structure that. And a believable feel to it somehow, but it also had to sort of because it it does veer into some of the tropes that you our plot actually does veer into some of the tropes from the from those sort of detective shows without giving too much away. But it, but it, but as you say, it still has to sort of work and 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 make sense. Mm. Um, yeah, but this is a character Richard Thorncroft who uh, I think is. I've got great potential. You, you you could do sequels with this guy. You could do a TV show with this guy. You could. Yeah. Uh, is that what you? We've got. Yeah. Um, he's got a musical side uh, career going on. Yeah. Because he in the day he did a sort of Dennis Waterman or tried to do a few <laughs> bits and pieces as uh, a singer. He wanted to branch out into vocals. So there's that aspect of him. There's the idea of him uh, doing further adventures in some way, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a good character, and Simon and I have been sort of thinking about things to do, but we'll yeah. just, just wait and see if there's an appetite for it. And, mm. then, um, you know. mm. and did you have to draw straws to decide who played Richard, or was it always you no. from the off, Julian? It was always, it was always Julian. It was for always me. me. It was always you. <laughs> it was never Simon. Julian tried to um, not do it for a bit, because he's sort of a bit like that. And he's going, yeah, maybe we'll get, we should get Ben, ben Kingsley should do it, or someone like that. Someone oh. with gravitas, someone who had a history and a, you know was known to people, we thought, initially I did, but Simon was pretty adamant that I should play him, and I, I you know, I accepted that gauntlet. Mm. Um, <laughs> but no, it was, it was nice, it was fun to do and to think of, um, and be, be in that character for a while. Um you know, I'm still, I'm still slipping in and out of him every now and again. Yeah. You know. Yeah. When I'm out and about, like just some for, loaf, like some not, slippers. Want to order a cappuccino and you know things like that. But no, yeah, but I'll do it as in <laughs> americano I, with hot milk. It's not actually that different to me, but <laughs> <laughs> he's just a bit more forthright and a bit more in charge of himself and a bit more, you know. Yeah. But he's let himself go. <clears throat> you are a fine figure of a man. Well, that's right. Um, yes, I had to bulk up for the part. It was a great challenge to, for you, wasn't it? That? To put in a lot of work um, with all the the foods that I had to eat, the curries and the heavy um, milk. Mm. You were like that before. Mm-hmm. You were in training for a while then. Well, 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 before when I soon when I realised I wanted to move into. Um, yeah, acting, which you know, I knew that I, I... The parts that I was interested in, basically, were, were bigger were bigger men. Parts, yeah. yeah, I'm not interested in playing thin thin people. I just don't think they interest me. So I knew straight away that that was where I was wanting to focus my energies and, mm. and you know, mm. play some of those sort of yeah. types. Um, of course, when I come off a project, I, I go back down to my resting weight, which you is kind of, of a lynx or... or you, know. you haven't done that yet, have you? Uh, not yet, but just in case, uh, we're, we're still in the process of um, no, locking it's, the edit. It's finished. Yeah. So at the moment, yeah, it's, finished it's, it's out in three days, I believe. Yeah, and, yeah, and in those three days, you can Friday. change an edit. You can completely yeah. change things. So in case we do pick up shots um, the day before, <laughs> you never know. Yeah, you never, yeah. never know. This is something about showbiz. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. You, you can you can still on Friday when the film's out, you can still be outside. Yeah, I mean Kubrick would insert things into the film yeah. Um, yeah. during the first screenings and take things out, which I I could. I could. During the first screenings, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he chopped absolutely, off yeah. the end of he the shining runs up or something. To the projection, projectionist, can I have real three, please? <laughs> I just scissors. need to put and some in. scissors, some scissors, some sellotape. <laughs> I'm Stanley Kubrick. Um, the, um, Just had an idea. <laughs> no, but he did. He took. He showed. There's one screening where they had the original ending of The Shining, and that screening was the only time that ending was ever shown. <laughs> and he got all the prints back or something. Well, I don't know how he did that. Right, because it didn't work. He didn't like the ending. It had a yeah. big sort of song and dance. Yeah. <laughs> We're in the maze. Jack Nicholson wakes up. Life. You know he's all frozen. He wakes up. And goes, yeah, yeah. Boo. Yeah. And uh, it sort of took the edge off. No, the original ending is um, da- they're in hospital. And um, the mo- the mother's in hospital, and um, Danny's in the room outside the waiting room. The child, Danny, and he's he's bouncing a ball like Jack Nicholson. Oh! And so it goes. Oh, it's starting. Gonna be it's like starting him. again, or something. It's like that sort of circularity. Oh, it's, it's genetics. Oh, it's, it's some just... horror film circularity type thing, you know. Mm. It's but yeah, so but that was left out. One more time. Mm. So if you were to go and insert a new ending to Mindhorn, what would what would you do? Use one of the en- old endings that we shot. Yeah, we, <laughs> no, no, quite a few. <laughs> no, we didn't shoot one that quite. Well. We had so many ideas though, and we sort of we um, ran out of time and money and everything. Yeah. So we we were trying to. Um, it was such a hard. It was quite a hard shoot to get everything in and for comedy yeah. as well, quite elaborate and things. So we, we kind of had uh, a way out of it, and we were trying to get a, a bigger thing shot for the end. But in the end, we ended up cutting a, a getting out of it quicker rather than yeah. in, in a way, yeah. which is quite good for a comedy to not have too much, I think. Anyway, I yeah. quite like short, yeah. short comedy. Yeah, absolutely. 90 minutes yeah, done and dusted. Like no, that. it is. Yeah. We couldn't really think of anything that... It has quite a few sort of nice laughs in the final scene, so we didn't want to then start a new... Sort of location that wasn't wasn't going to deliver big laughs. It was yeah, just yeah. going to be sort of quite boring and serious. Because you you uh, you did something uh, which is I don't think I've really ever heard of this before, but I think most films should do it actually. Which is you you shot a five day sort of teaser or a a no, how would you describe it? A yeah, moose bouche, if you will, uh, to <laughs> kind of yeah, a sizzler reel. Yeah, to get an idea sizzle. of the characters and to get an idea because the director Sean Foley hadn't directed a, f- a film before. Mm. Um, and that really helped, didn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you see, suddenly useful. you see the character and you see the setting a bit, and you see something of the relationships in the film, and, and you realise that oh, that's actually might not work as well as we thought. So we changed quite a lot from just did. on the basis of that. So very useful. I mean, you don't really do that with films because you can't get the people together, I suppose, and yeah. all that. But it's quite. Uh, it's quite. It was quite. It was useful. hugely useful because it was really we worked out how Richard. How his character worked. Basically. Yeah, yeah. He had a sidekick who was sort of sort of dragging him on this mission, and we went that that really should be Richard. He should be the, the one engine, going. Yeah. Um, I want to go. To he that should be his own sidekick. Have. Yeah, he should be exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was it. Was because you can sometimes just dilute your main character by having a, someone else yeah. go on the journey with mm. him, and, and yeah. So we discovered that that was a big lesson. Yeah. And did it, did it change anything for you, Simon? Were you playing a different character, or were you playing the same character? Um, I don't think I was even in the... Well, you were thinking Sizzler. about, you know, we thought you would be... No, you weren't in the Sizzler, but you were in the, in the Sizzler, in the side salad, you weren't in that. But we were thinking about... Um, uh, you thought you were going to be something. We always thought you would be something yeah, in it. But, we um, knew I was going to do something, but... Yes, um, but um, then it, and when we came to be writing Clive a bit more, the, the sort of rival, his love mm. rival, um, who was his stuntman and is now with his... Um, um, lost love. Mm. So the 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 pain of that and the and the irony of that and the fact that he needs to be someone who's physically similar. And Simon and I look at you know from a distance, from quite a distance, we look similar. You know, mm. um, and so we we it would be a natural thing to do. And then Simon was, you know, good. He did an accent, a sort of Dutch accent that was seemed to really annoy um, Cl- uh, Richard. Yeah. And, and it was good. Sort of, uh, it just became clear that you should be Clive. You know. Um, yeah. The, uh, it was staring at us in the face all yeah, along, really. Yeah, and that, yeah. that was good. That. What's next? Have you, uh, are you working on anything next to make me expect to see Mindhorn 2 in eight years' time? or We'd you... love to do more of... We'd uh, love to do more. Uh, um, so we might do some. We thought about doing a prequel, hmm. but it's quite hard to Pre-horn. Make. Pre-horn. <laughs> um, but we'd have to age, you know, we'd have to become younger. 
and also would have to have the Isle of Man um, de-age be, be conceivably look like the 80s <laughs> which, is, which would cost a lot of money in modernisation <laughs> I was going to say where is it at the moment well we it's, went over uh, there we took some fruit with us and they were like they'd never seen it so they were quite sort of um, what is this we had a uh, banana what is this bent what is this thing it's bent yellow sweet yeah. stick <laughs> well we have these in tins they're not coming um, tins I got. I bring I, you fruit. I've been to the Isle of Man once in my life, and I got huge, horrible food poisoning during oh. it uh, during a five day stay. Uh, but I also saw Police Academy three, so it wasn't all bad mm. at the cinema. At the cinema, Was yeah. This at last year, sometime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, coming, in, coming attractions. <laughs> Police Academy three. We've got it, guys. We've got it. It's finally here. <laughs> Everyone gathers round. They watch it. Yeah. No, not quite. But what was your uh, what was your uh, Isle of Man experience? It was like? fun. No, they, yeah. it was great. It was it was brilliant. We, we they're up for a, a laugh. I think yeah, sort of we sort of make more jokes uh, since we've been there, and they've yeah. gone. You know what? We love it, and and we love jokes about the Isle of Man. So now, yeah, now we we have full reign to do things like fr- our fruit. Bring them fruit jokes. <laughs> <laughs> they, go, I didn't mean that. I didn't they, mean um, go all out. Most films aren't uh, set there, but they are filmed there. But he stands yeah. in for lots of other films as Iron yeah. Man. Mm. There's Lord, so, there's Lord so of the Rings, that was shot there. That wasn't shot there. Dune, uh, <laughs> Alien. Um, that Please was, Academy Alien, 3, Alien was just shot, shot in a butcher's in Douglas. Uh, <laughs> Please Academy 3, yeah. There's so much. There's the Laxi wheel. There's the... Um, there's a wealth there's of laxi scenery. Wheel. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's tons there's of a big wheel. There's the Laxi wheel. Um, there's a, uh, and then there's the Laxi wheel. So there's lots of things to see. No, there's the There's different angles of the Laxi wheel. You can go around it and see it from different ways. No, that's good. It has some very beautiful... It's a kind of... A lot of different scenery in a small amount of space, so you yes. can go from a mountain top to a beach to a to a giant red wheel in the space of twenty minutes, kind of thing. So that's the they thing. claim. Remember that they claim it's five times bigger than Jersey, and no. they just still don't believe it. I should just Google this to find out. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys go, <laughs> but I will blow your minds with one Isle of Man bit of trivia. Did you know right. this? Mm. That it, uh, legend has it that the Irish giant Finn McCool got angry one day and scooped out a piece of land in Northern Ireland and flung it into the sea. And that became the Isle of Man. And the water rushed into the hole he had left and that became Loch Ness. Oh, Mike in, uh, in, yeah, um, in Northern Ireland. Ireland. Yeah, yeah the, biggest, uh, the biggest lake. Ah. There you go. Work that well, into your sequel. Maybe it was a, a sort of interesting. Uh, a meteor. Maybe it was. That was that's, how they translated it in ancient times. It's they, more likely it was a meteor rather than a giant yeah, Irishman. Like it hit and it ejected in a large sort of chunk. Yeah. And yeah. someone went, that's Flan Flando. <laughs> They're God. They're God. With the fire. Manananan. <laughs> Reached down and pulled, pulled out a out. sod the size of an island. And hurled it and said, this is rubbish. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> And that became the Isle of Man. And, but it's in the sea, man. Leave it. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, uh, what a pleasure. Simon Farnaby, Julian Barrett, thank okay. you so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks a lot. So that was uh, Julian Barrett and Simon Farnaby, and that's start off by talking, uh, sadly, truncated reviews section because we don't have a lot of time. People are banging on the window. It might be the same burly man with a screwdriver again. Who knows? Uh, to try and kick us out of here, so apologies. But let's talk about Mindhorn, Hell's Bells. Yeah, so this is Julian Barrett, obviously starring as a kind of a star who's, let's say, past his best. I think it's fair to say he's Richard Thorncroft, who once starred in an '80s TV show. Um, let's face it, it was basically Bergerac. Ish. Meets six million. Six million. Man. Okay, yeah. Called Mindhorn, and uh, and he is called into action once again when there's a murder on the Isle of Man where the show was set. The Isle of Man, the coolest of islands. Um, such a great island. <laughs> I had food poisoning in the Isle of Man, as you heard in the interview. I went once when I was eleven. I, I had a lovely time. Really, yeah. I was violently ill. Well, I didn't. So, anyway, Russell Tovey is a super fan turned super villain who's responsible for this murder. He's called the Kestrel, mm-hmm. and he insists he will only talk to Mindhorn. Mm-hmm. So they have to get Thorncroft back into action, back into action as best he can mm-hmm. to try and you know solve this case or, or or resolve this situation. And he thinks this is going to be his big comeback, and it turns out maybe not quite 
Mm. I think the way he wants. I like this film. I, I should obviously mention, as if anyone's been following me on Twitter this week, I've been doing a number of Q and A's with uh, with Julian Barrett and Simon Farnaby for this movie. Uh, I liked it more than our review. Uh, that's why I'm doing the Q and A's. But we gave it three stars. Yeah, and I can kind of see why we did. It's you know, it's it's funny, but it's it's patchy. It's it's a little bit of a. It is a first movie for Sean Foley, the director. Uh, it's their first major movie as screenwriters. Uh, it it you know. Not every scene is a comedic powerhouse, but when it's funny, it's very, very funny. And uh, Julian Barrett's uh, Richard Thorncroft is its a very interesting character because it could have been Alan Partridge Mark II. Mm. It isn't that. There's something uh, real and very, very sad about this character as well. About it. He's very vainglorious as well. Um, works very, very well bumping up against all the people from his past that he wronged in terrible, terrible ways. Uh, Simon, Simon uh, Farnaby is very funny as Clive Parnovic, the, the, the Dutch stuntman, stuntman who yes. likes to walk around in the semi-nude, uh, which is... Uh, and there's, there's just a, a lot of fun set pieces. You know, It gets increasingly crazy. But anyone expecting, who may have seen The Mighty Bush or Yonderland, uh, and is expecting something similarly daffy and surreal... This isn't really that. What's interesting about this is it's actually, it does try and work as a comedy thriller. There mm. is a thriller uh, plot that plays out here. There's a conspiracy. The things are, are revealed. Not It doesn't entirely go the way you might expect. And that's interesting to me. It's more of a straightforward comedy than it is uh, a flight of fantasy from these guys. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Yeah, which is, but it's interesting. But there's definitely enough here, I, I would say, uh, to to warrant a, another outing for... From Mindhorn. Some great really title. Good as well. It's, it's a great great really good title, yeah. Uh, but we gave it three stars. A recommendation. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and next up, we have Unlocked. Yeah, we're talking of titles. Um, not a good title. In fact, <laughs> I've seen this film and I have no idea still why it's called Unlocked. I keep thinking it's called Unblocked. So, to check <laughs> that quite regularly. Um, so, this is a Michael Apted spy thriller, which is set in London. It's got Numi Rapace as a CIA operative who is now working behind a desk... Oh, you know, nobody saw that coming. And will she get called out for some more? Oh, probably not. You know, pulled back into the field. Who knows? Um, it is a very generic film, sadly. It's got a really good <laughs> cast. Uh, it's got Michael Douglas. It's got John Malkovich, who does his entire performance over Skype. Pretty much. <laughs> he does use FaceTime in one scene, but other than that, he's and he comes. He, he starts doing weird things to try and like you know spice his performance up. Like he sort of comes right up to the screen, so his face is like filling the. It's it's peculiar. Um, it's got Orlando Bloom as a cheeky chappy Danny Dyer type who at one point and I'm not making this up says the line I love a tagine and <laughs> it's it's a very I mean who doesn't love a tagine though a tagine is delightful it's it's uh, it's maybe not Orlando's best work um, he's a little bit miscast sadly um, Numi's very good as always she gets to yeah. a bit of action, but it's it's a not a memorable film, unfortunately. It it it's kind of a bit of a born rehash, uh. a bit of a twenty four rehash. There's uh. bioweapons and dodgy uh. terrorist types, and and it just looks a bit cheap, sadly. I don't know. You've sold me on it completely. <laughs> it sounds amazing. I, I gotta go. There's a scene where Orlando Bloom does fight some pit bulls in a lift. Well, no, I'm um, not, no, I hang on. Now you have my attention. So. But, uh, you know, there, there, there's a few little nice bits, but mm. but it, it's, it's yeah, it's been done before a lot better. All right. So, sadly, two stars in for Unlocked. And that's, uh, I'm afraid, sadly, because we're people are behind me in the window. I'm so sorry about this. Um, it's our first week trying to get the new pod booth up and running and it, some teething problems. Uh, but also out this week, we have Lasse Hallstrom's A Dog's Purpose, which, which features a lot of dogs, none of them fighting Orlando Bloom in a lift. Uh, whether that's a bonus... It's up to you. Uh, we have a one-day-only release of the Woody Harrelson Grand Experiment Lost in London, which was the film he shot live back in January, I believe it was. And I was there to see it happening. And it's a very intriguing first film for someone to do. Woody! Madman! Um, but there you go. That's that's out this week. One day only, I believe, in Picture House Cinemas. And then we have Jamie Foxx and Michelle Monaghan going rogue in a nightclub in the thriller Sleepless, um, uh, which I believe, I'm led to believe, uh, will not give you sleepless nights. It's it's not terribly great. If they haven't used the song Insomnia in there somewhere, they're missing a trick. Soul murder on the dance floor. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Something's gone horribly, horribly wrong. Uh, and that is it for this week's Empire Podcast. Uh, very, very short one. Please forgive us. Uh, join us next week for more film-related fun. We'll be joined by someone. I'm not entirely sure who. Don't worry. I'm on top of it, guys. I've got it all figured out. It's going to be absolutely fine. Uh-huh.
Yeah. I feel totally secure now. Totally secure. Yeah. Totally secure. Uh, our Guardians of the Galaxy spoiler special, which we haven't recorded yet, <laughs> should also well. be out next week. We're in a little bit of studio turmoil at the moment, but we'll, we'll get it rectified. Uh, hopefully it's going to be out on Monday, Monday, May 8th, but you never know, it might be pushed back a couple of days. Uh, so do keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook feeds for more details for that. Uh, until then, it is goodbye from Nick. Gotta run. <laughs> It's goodbye from Helen. No running. I'm sitting. <laughs> you're not in next week, are you? No, potentially not, I'm but afraid. You're, not, you're not off running? No, I'm not off running. I'm okay. doing a thing. All right, okay. Uh, and it's goodbye from me. I'm off to continue training for my 10K. You should try it, Helen. It's uh, really quite good. I'm doing a half marathon at the weekend. I'll see you after that. Always have to one-up me, O'Hara. Curse your name! Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye.